Good evening, November Foxtrot. Hello, hello. This week we're welcomed by I was reading ja Jacob. Evening, everyone. Evening, Jacob. Jacob from Mission Taylor's. Daniel, uh, guess comment. Why are we hello. getting from 1940? Right, so basically, for those that don't know, when we when we set the episodes up, so we set the episodes up about half an hour to an hour, like half an hour to sort of 20 minutes before we go live. On YouTube, that starts the stream, but there's no, there's nothing on there. Um, so for the people that are sitting there on YouTube, they get like a little notification pop up to say, you know, there's a stream starting or something like that. But it's not started yet, so it always starts at eight o'clock, <laughs> on roughly around eight o'clock, <laughs> somewhere sorry. between five two and sorry, five Daniel. past. Shame on you, Daniel, for not knowing. No, 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 not sorry, Daniel. Shame on Daniel for not knowing. It's been eight o'clock every other week. <laughs> Um, hi Daniel, hi Kieran, hi Harry, hi James, <laughs> Les, Terry, Adventures of Zulu, John, John Smith. Good evening, good evening, welcome in. Evening all. Daniel Brewer, hello. It's been a while. It has. Um, hello. hello. Welcome, so yeah, welcome. we're obviously joined by Jacob from Mission Tailors this week. Um, Jacob's going to be talking about all things sewing and making things and bespoke <laughs> gear and no i was trying to come up with a pun for those that have kind of just clicked into the episode tailoring I've spiel together tailoring, yeah, tailoring. Yes. hence um, tailors exactly um, although i think yeah, jacob's clever, possibly just frozen <laughs> oh he's frozen ah oh. no he's just very st so, he's just very stern faced he's yeah, yeah, very stoic <laughs> this went well <laughs> i shall send him uh, a message. it looks very regal yes please Ooh. oh oh Oh. Man down. Hi, Tactical Dad's Airsoft. I don't Ooh. think we've seen you before. Hello, hello. Stephen Tactical Whitehead. Tactical Dad's Ryan. Airsoft. I like that. Good evening, Ryan. <laughs> Stuart Smith. Hello. Rage. Yeah, hello, evening, Cockwombles. <laughs> uh, Cock Pegasus. Jungle's yes. Airsoft blog. Cool. Well, loads of people in tonight. Yeah, um, I'm just messing Whilst we're in, fixing Jacob, shall we roll into the news? For Jacob to come back, I yeah. think his internet may have. Might might be sharing Mike's internet. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's roll into the news while waiting. News. So we've obviously had a week of uh, interesting Nothing. things. There was NAE last weekend. Um Jacob's gone completely now. Um Don't. Andy, if you could just it. Yep. Deal with that, that would be great. Um, we've had NAE or National Airsoft Festival last weekend. Um, we've had Military Odyssey this last weekend as well. So, obviously, lots of opportunities to buy kit. That was um, good. Which was quite good. You obviously went to Odyssey last. Do you want to talk about your purchases or anything like that? Did you, uh, I really did you find enjoyed Odyssey, good? Mate. Yes, I did. I made a couple of purchases. I purchased a new Woodland DPM basher because I still can't find my current one I did have. Um, which I picked up for £20, which I was quite happy with, because the bag, although the, the outer carry bag was quite old, when I took it out, it was pretty much brand new. So I thought it was gleaming. So yeah, well happy with that. Uh, and I picked up an MTP Bergen for 10 quid because the front pocket nice. had a ripped hole, which I was going to take off anyhow, because I've modded it. And I've done my first bit of moddy moddies. So there's my £10 Bergen. Peppers? No, Peppers one was a um, deep Woodland DPM. This is an MTP. Ah, sorry, uh, from okay, Odyssey. Yeah. So yeah, I've just I had three spare Osprey utility pouches knocking about, so I've stitched them onto the front, and yeah, so I've modded that. So that was my my purchases from Military Odyssey was a Basher and a ten pound short back Bergen. 
which was an absolute bargain. And Les and Terry and John and Tom were very, very cross that I'd found this Bergen before them. <laughs> and just come walking up in between all the stalls like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. Been Welcome back, that's all right, that's fine. You missed Mike's well, lovely <laughs> intro to your, uh, to your interview. Yeah, <laughs> you looked very stern for a second. <laughs> so yeah, that was my purchase. It's a great show as well. Mm. Yeah, you froze like that. I've got a couple bits. I was like, yeah, that's good. I like that look. <laughs> yeah. I got um I got two two of these. Uh I think these are oh, I can't remember what they're called now. Trip mine posts. Trip flares. Trip flare, trip, trip flare, flare posts. posts yeah, what um, called, sticks. Which you can obviously put in the ground. Uh, you can use for a variety of things. I've seen these used for um cooking meat over a fire as well. So you can obviously put meat through a stick and rest that on there. Um you can rest your gun on them. Um you could use them as some sort of you know, poking device if you wanted to. Um, so yeah, I've got a couple of weird. those for fiber. Um, and my Lovely. my little prize purchase. I actually got two things uh, more to show you. So I've got some mine tape for fifty p. Um, so this is the sort of plastic. Uh, so I'm marking out CQB type area stuff. Basically, yeah. So we're doing some training of bits and pieces of that. I thought fifty p. You can't argue with that. And then I've got a Keeler jacket. I'm very excited about my Keeler jacket. I've got a Woodland DPM Keeler jacket. Uh, this was £50 from Airsoft World. This is brand new. And it's so nice. It's very, very nice. lovely. So, uh, yeah. I won't be getting wet. Fair play, mate. I like, I, I'm still yet to receive a link from you for that and look it up. I sent you a link yesterday with it on. If anyone's interested, they are on Airsoft World. They are £50 a jacket. They're very cheap in comparison for what you're getting. Um, they've got a whole load of different sizes. So... Go and go and fight over those. I don't know how many they've got left. <laughs> Good one, Mike. <laughs> no, nice purchase, mate. Like that. Yeah. Very nice, very nice, very nice. Any any purchases on news, Andy or Jacob? No, I haven't yep, bought I anything. I bought an Australian oh, nice. water bottle from Platter. Oh, very nice. Why not? Got a few of them and some YKK Ooh, zippers. Australian. Oh. What was the? Because what that was not? Australian water bottle. Obviously. Well, it's made by a company called Decor, made in Australia, but Plath Attack sell them. They're like one litre, very square. They're oh, I like quite that. compact. And they're really light and super cheap. Ooh. Yeah. Do you make a pouch for them yet? <laughs> Funny you should say that. <laughs> there, there may be something in the works. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Tempting. <laughs> Do you um do you ever just like fair play? I mean, is there any is there anything, Jacob, that you ever go, oh, oh, just I wish I had a pouch for that. Like you live, you just like <laughs> because presumably you are literally just like, oh, I need this. I'm just gonna make something. <laughs> See, funny you should say that. Yes, but I'm too busy doing everyone else's stuff. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I, I, do you know what? As boring as it sounds, I really want a new work bag that takes like my laptop. I've got like a split ergonomic keyboard, so I want it like I want something that has a little pouch for everything inside it. And yeah, but that's been on the cards for like a year. <laughs> and I got as far as getting samples for like liner fabrics in many different colors, from like a luminous pink oh. to like black. 
tan. See, what you want is camo outside, like a real dark camo, and then just open it up and it's bright pink. <laughs> like, yeah, so it's, there so you so go. I've, I've even got fabric set aside, so I want to do it yeah. in a, in a tricolour desert. <laughs> so like that old American tricolour desert pattern. I've got, got a couple of metres of 500D for that, and, and I've got it, all, got it all there. I just need to find myself a weekend to do it. <laughs> yeah. it's like it's like you find builders and like electricians and stuff like that that just you know, they never get any diy done because they're always too busy doing other people's houses yeah so, pretty much pretty much yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh les says mike what the fuck that was priced at 75 pounds i know buzz they are for some reason cheaper on the airsoft world website they are 52 pound 50 uh just go on the airsoft world uh dot net Search Keeler. They've got the trousers and the Woodland DPM jacket if you're interested. Um, Ryan James says lots of blah blokes use them on Fizz. Uh, apparently they also fit a JJ's pouch well. The Australian water bottles. Yeah, they're good. I think that's um, me, and my, me and my buds, we bought like a couple of boxes of them. They worked out at like £3 each. Incredible. Are they nice. quite strong so then, the- Interesting. Where? Yeah, yeah, like they, 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 they flex a bit, but like they're, I'm pretty sure they're like Australian military issue or something. I, I could be talking out my ass. All I know <laughs> do is they have a, um, album. in the, in the <laughs> lids, do they have like a seal in them or is it just like a plastic on plastic? Yeah, there's like a, I don't know what it is. There's like a white, almost feels like foam. Oh yeah, so like it, the uh, bottle. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, they don't leak, so they're, they're all right. This is just a fresh one, unused, because mm-hmm. it's near all my props for making stuff. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Play, yeah. yeah. mate, yeah. nice. I like that. <laughs> I flew out. That yeah, I like that. Other things, I, I don't know if that's allowed. Uh, like, I think it is. I don't know. Other things like, <laughs> def- definitely not a real... Book. We'll find out when it goes... <laughs> yeah. yeah, they haven't picked us <laughs> off yet. Nah, right, just say it was a bauble. No, we're good. We're good. Yeah, I yeah. had a thing today when I was sorting out my um, sorting out my uh, my burger. I just done a little bit of work to is these offspray clips for the armor for the cummerbund that goes around the side. Is it's the same yeah. clip attachment as the lid, yeah. so they can they yeah, can actually sort up through the lost. top of the lid. Yeah, so I I would absolutely keep blind. I've got a bag of these. Yeah, super handy yeah. for repair work. So I'm going to be yeah, having those, those buckles on pack as well because they'll go through the eyelets. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're not <laughs> the most robust buckles, although they're full mil spec rated. But shit, guys, everywhere. <laughs> oh, do we lose? Do we? Oh. Did we lose him? Oh, there we go. He's back. There we go. You back? <laughs> no. Is he back? Hey, mate. No, he's gone. <laughs> Um, question from James to you, Lance. Um, whilst oh, he's back. There we go. Uh, how did you sew the pouches on? <laughs> um, I used a waxed one mil, really strong thread. It was basically a canvas sail repair kit type thing with a monstrous fucking needle like that, which was terrifying because I had to go inside the bag and then into the pouch to the edge, and I was just like. Oh, please don't get my finger because <laughs> this needle's <laughs> bigger than my finger. <laughs> and it was like every time it was like, ah, oh. yeah. So um, yeah, just um, just a running stitch, mate, and then went back over it again. So hopefully it's strong enough, but I'll find out when I test it. I don't know how strong stitching for holding on a water bottle pouch has got to be. So 
we'll find out it could well be shit and i'll just end up sending it to jacob to do properly but uh, which is highly <laughs> likely gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see it was fun anyhow it was right. good fun to try it that's it yeah look but this stuff is because it's like a wax stuff as well it's almost like a paracord so you could almost melt it pull it back on itself and then run your finger across when it's still really hot and it just smeared straight into it yeah it's solid really good so yeah it was good stuff good old, uh, good material and it's waxed as well so it doesn't rot or nothing fingers crossed <laughs> if you start finding pouches on an event and my back comes back bare it's just a just a bag with a sleeping bag in it and it's like oh i don't know where all my other things have gone <laughs> find it's them just not even that it's just the straps <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just the waistband. It's got lighter through the weekend. Um, your wife is asking, where's your wedding ring? Oh, oh I had to wash my hands. So they're covered in oil. So it's in the shower on the windowsill. <laughs> I've not, not flogged it yet. Oh, shout out to the wife as well. Happy birthday to Louise for tomorrow. There we go. Birthday shout oh, out. Tomorrow. Happy birthday. Lovely wife. Oh, it's congratulations. Tomorrow. That was the wrong one. There we go. <laughs> There we go. That's it. Yeah, it wasn't a joke. <laughs> no. Not a joke. It genuinely is a birthday tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, happy birthday. Um, happy birthday. Right, Thank so you, we're yes. obviously going to be chatting to Jacob. So if you have any questions for him about mission tailors, about the stuff he makes, um, I've already had some questions of people sending me pictures of kit going, can he, can he do this? Um, so we'll be flagging some of those up. If you want to throw a question into the chat, if you could just put a little cue in front of it, it just helps us find it as we're progressing through. Um, and so Jacob, do you want to just sort of start us off by telling us who you are? Explain mission tailors. What, what, what is it you do? So me, me mission tailors, we, we do bespoke kit. Um, people come with come to me with some bizarro question piece of kit that they want to put in the pouch like I don't know some crazy person was like hey I want a radio pouch that I can rip off uh, <laughs> and I go yeah sure I can do that um, who, would, so, who would do that <laughs> so, so I, we, we, I, I've done work all the way from you know one offs really bespoke bits of kit all the way to unit level sort of 50 off quantity of whatever um i've got a few standard uh bits of kit that i make and eventually they'll be on the website that's been under construction for like two years um it's just uh, finding time to build up stock because by the time i built up stock it's sold again and then the cycle repeats um that, that's that's kind of it. Like we, if you can think of it, and as long as it's not impossible to make, then then we can probably can probably do it. There are some things that I'll be like, "Are you sure?" And I'll, I'll try and maybe push people towards something a bit more normal, uh, or even off the shelf. So I'm not into, hey, you know, X Y Z brand makes this thing. Can you clone it? Because it's not worth the time because you've got to think like even companies like cry their markup is huge but they're making thousands in one go they've got the production line sorted they've got tens hundreds of people working on stuff so they can sell it for you know what it costs them but for me to sit down even if somebody sends me something to, to strip it apart make the patterns from it 
and then build it again, it could take days of time. And nobody's going to want to pay little old me, you know, X pounds an hour to, you know, build them this clone of <laughs> something. <laughs> uh, I did. But, <laughs> and you you regretted it afterwards, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, I don't regret anything, really. It's, I, I really... So what, what got me started with this um, is I, I'm an engineer, so I like fixing problems. I like working out how stuff is made. Uh, it's started off with uh, as as an airsofter i ran danish camo for a, a good while because so like that's unique nobody's got it but can you find kit no nope. you can get the odd bit of surplus kit usually a bergen or a rocket pouch mm-hmm. and that that's no good to anyone really unless you're doing mill sims and at the time i wasn't really um so i was like hey well i've got this multicam pharaoh dangler i was like and i can buy the danish camo fabric what do I need? I'm like, a sewing machine, some thread. And, and I had never sewed anything in my life. So I asked my wife, <laughs> I was like, hey, remember many years ago when you had a sewing machine? Have you still got that? She's like, oh, no, I've binned it years ago. Like, oh, damn it. So I'm trawling through Facebook Marketplace to find my first sewing machine, which uh, I... I paid ten pounds. Oh yeah. <laughs> and this this made all my kit for about a year. So this was about five, six years ago. Um so I made one Danish Ferro Dangler, complete with zip. Whoa. Um still working. Nice. Still done. working, yeah, yeah. Still and, working. And I added in some, <laughs> some webbing so I could tie in, you know, my torch and my you know, my BFG priming rod and all that sort of stuff, so I wouldn't lose it. And it's, it's seen better days. It's well worn, but it worked well, held up well. You know, not using mil spec thread or any real knowledge at all. But that probably took me about two days. <laughs> it's like three bits of fabric. Um, but I learned a lot. So it is more accessible than people would probably believe. Because you, like, for example, so as an electronics engineer, you open up a piece of kit and you, you look at the PCB and you go, oh, bloody hell, that looks complicated. And it's the same if somebody's looking at, like, a backpack. They open up and go, oh, actually, there's a lot of bits and bobs here. But honestly, if you take any pouch that you've got and turn it inside out, you can then work out exactly how it goes together. Because most things, mm. like 99% of things, are, are built inside out and then turned out. That way you don't have... You know, loose seams on the edge and stuff like that, and fabric tearing away. Um, yeah, what? Yeah, what got me started was I needed some cool camo gear, and I couldn't buy it. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair play. That's cool. And, I like that. And yeah. then uh, after some research and some some you know digging around, I I found some mil spec thread that would work in my sewing machine because it it's designed for you know somebody to repair their t-shirt and not not sew through several layers of a thousand d cordura but i made an mrb style battle belt uh, it's missing a lot of the pouches now because i've not used it in years but you know some stac clones a little kydex knife pouch a little bfg pouch and that's you know, pretty cool not bad velcro really line cool. and that was an absolute shock <laughs> again probably took me about a week uh, <laughs> and 
since then I've I've done some stuff like this for people, like some of my mates and stuff like that. And realistically, it's just not worth the time. Go and buy a Cry MRB belt. Yes, you can only buy it in Ranger Green and Multicam, but no, no, no amount of money will make me do that again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> even, even today, even today. Um, but yeah, so Mission Taylor's kind of spiraled from there. So I started doing bits of kit for mates. Um, so at, at this time, actually, it was whilst I was at university. So I was at Cardiff University, part of the Cardiff University Airsoft Society. Spent basically every weekend of my university life going airsofting. And I mean every weekend. So from like September until June, fuck studying. Let's, let's go, <laughs> yeah. sh go shoot some grown men in the woods. Studying um, rubbish, isn't it? Yeah, um, but I, I started making kit for, for mates, and then I went, oh, you know, people started paying me for the materials, and some even offered to pay for my time. I was like, oh, sure, sure, whatever, and then I went, do you know what, actually, this ain't half bad. And then I started reaching out word of mouth for a couple of years, and I was like, do you know what, I'm going to start an Instagram, and pff, blown up from there. And if you guys have noticed, I get every every other day, every day I get a message like, hey, are you guys still making stuff? So I've not actually posted on Instagram in probably a year and a half. Mm. And I noticed that. Actually. I was like, oh, why are we still doing it? <laughs> yeah, every time I put a, every time I used to put a, a picture up on Instagram, I'm not even kidding, three four months worth of work overnight, and you just just can't keep up with it. So for now, a, a lot of my customers are repeat customers at the moment, or you know, I'm doing a lot more stuff for for units and, and other companies. Um, which is a bit easier from my point of view because you know making 50 of one thing doesn't take yeah. up as much time as building 50 unique products mm -hmm. yeah it's all bespoke stuff yeah yeah exactly um yeah that's, that's kind of the beginnings and, and how we ended up here today so when you started were you instantly good at it did you find or were you like because i mean I, I i'm only coming at this question i've done a little bit of sewing and i am I, I, I very much have the, the whole fuck it, that will do realm of, you know, uh, I haven't quite cut that straight, but uh, and the, the sewing's like a little bit wonky and stuff like that. Yeah, so I don't know how well it'll pick up on camera, but there's there's some raw frayed edges. Uh, the, I would not sell this to anyone. <laughs> um, so Unless no, you run over lighter over it first. Yeah, yeah. So, so when yeah. I first started... There was a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of there was a lot of ripped up bits of kit that, that never saw the light of day. Um, but like anything, really, practice. Keep making stuff, keep building stuff, um, and eventually you'll work it out. And there's not a lot of information. At least when I started, there wasn't a lot of information online about sewing stuff. Like you go onto YouTube and you search sewing tutorial. And it's some lady making a dress or whatever. There's 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 a couple of guys on YouTube. Um, can't remember their channel names now, but they did a lot more sort of like outdoorsy stuff. But they kind of only really started posting videos after I'd already started and kind of learned the basics. And I'm sure there's books and magazines and whatever that you could look up and read. But I'm not that kind of person. I learn by just doing something over and over and over again. Um, mm. And no, when I first started, I was crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Bang I, mean, thing, yeah, I... I can't sew for toffee. 
I literally I tried to repair a pair That's of a question actually. I have the, rip, the mic. The rip just got better. The it just got worse. <laughs> With me sewing, I was like, yeah. no. Mike, did up. you ever sew that button on your trousers? Yes, <laughs> I did actually. <laughs> Buttons I can do. Yeah, yeah, I did do that. I'm not. I always sew a button on a completely different way every time because I'm like, I'm sure someone's like me, shown me how to sew. A, that's hard to say. Shown me how to sew a button um, some point in the past, but I like I go in and out, and then I'm like, oh, let's go this way now, and then kind of loop it round, and then do all that. So no idea if I'm doing it properly, but I just my theory is apply enough thread, job done. <laughs> yeah, fuck it, that'll do. There you go. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> So, um, I like the way you yeah, said yeah. go in and out with sewing. Isn't that the whole point of sewing? No, no, it's in like because you got the button with the four <laughs> holes, don't you? So I kind of go out of one hole and in the other, and then I, I don't know. There's probably not always. Sometimes they have it's five, like that. Three. The uh, the housewife kits you get with the with the the Webtex housewife kit. You get the little green band which actually goes through like the smock jacket buttons, and then you've got to stitch on one side of the band and then pull it through the butt and then stitch. You know, and I'm just thinking, fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to put a zip tie through it. <laughs> yeah. Hot That's glue, my... cable ties, staples. Yeah. Staples. Yeah. I, I You've got to do the staple on the way out. Didn't though. really need that button anyhow. <laughs> yeah. 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 A belt so, will do. Following on from that, Jacob, how, how long would you say it took you from kind of uh, entry level, kind of what we're talking about, like bodging it together to, uh, I guess, a serviceable level? Because obviously, I, I would. I think we'd all probably say that you're above serviceable now. You know, you're obviously making kit that you're selling, and you've got a good reputation for it. So, <laughs> I would say that you're quite a bit above that. But I mean, to the point of where it kind of started being good. I guess what you. I guess that. Yeah, I, that level. So, I mean, I say this, this is the first thing I made, and it doesn't look great. It's not pretty, but from you know, it, it passes the fit from far uh, test. Uh, and I, I ran that, as I said, almost every weekend for a year or so. So it, it never failed. Uh, and same with the belt, mm. ran that for years, never failed. Um, so say I just put loads of thread on. Like <laughs> something will break, probably not the thread. So let's, let's go for it. Uh, but from from starting off to being confident enough to to sell something, because there's there's that real stigma of of um, if you're selling something, you've got to be 100% certain it'll do the job. Uh, and it was probably a year and a half, maybe two years. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, sewing so, so kits for my mate, I, for my mates, I didn't care if their kit fell apart in the field because, oh, well. Um, it's just funny yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, no, to, to, to make stuff to sell, it, so it was probably about a year and a half to two years. Uh for, for me wow. to be confident enough and heck by that point i i probably was was good enough before then but right at the start when i started selling stuff i would make something and i'd think oh, that's not right it's not 100 percent perfect rip it apart start again uh, and you know do two or three iterations of something before i was confident enough to like actually post it um but it, that is not really a sustainable business so a lot of the kit that I, I chuck out now, although as close to perfect as you know I can make it, if it's not good enough, I'll just bin it and then just make another one. Um, and then you know, 99% of the stuff that goes out was right first time. So it's, hmm. yeah, it, it's, it's good in there. Hopefully soon I'll yeah. be, you know, you'll see me in the shops cry, Mission Taylors, 
JJ's. Yes. <laughs> yes. One day. <laughs> Absolutely. The I stuff see that, that you throw away, everywhere. you should just do on your website. <laughs> um, <laughs> you should um, you should have like a bargain bucket. Just say yeah, it was made. <laughs> yeah, back this is Titian's mailers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like raggy dolls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love the raggy Love dolls. It. Yeah. That's not a bad idea, to be honest. Because <laughs> the, like, the actual material costs really aren't that much. It's the time that it takes to mm. do stuff. So, like a like a, a ferro dangler style pouch is probably three or four quid's worth of materials. Buy because I'm buying things in bulk. Like I'll buy a, a roll of multicam fabric. It costs like two grand, but that'll last me a long time. You can make a lot of danglers out of that. Um, but you know, I charge anywhere from thirty-five to fifty quid for a, a drop-down pouch, depending on complexity, because it takes two, three, four hours sometimes. Um, mm. And it's it's finding that fine balance be between you know charging enough to make it worth your time, but to say the, the factory seconds idea is great, even if it just covers Junk. material costs or whatever. Jungle's airsoft blog has just said they'd definitely buy factory seconds, so there you go. Yeah, I'll be all yeah. over that. Just call it battle worn, <laughs> pre worn, pre battle wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it, it's uh, but then again, it depends what it is. So, you know, if it's a bespoke tear off uh, radio pouch for some nutter. Uh, nobody's going to want to buy one of those. Um, no. But if, if it's Idiots, a standard off the shelf bit of kit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially with a second yeah. panel that you can rip off onto another piece of kit as well. That's oh, just stupid. Crazy. Stupid order. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've got any questions to answer. I know there's, there's quite a few stacking up in the chat. Ooh, I did yeah. have one actually. Yeah, it was obviously going back to your first sort of sewing machine. In that, at what point did you realise that this has not got the guts in it to sort of like and like where did you go for like upgrading um, for the bigger kit and stuff like that? You know, you know, how where was the transition from? Yeah, I've I've learned I've, I've got this sort of craft now. I've I've got this sort of nailed. I need to now really sort of like business head on. I'm gonna sort of put myself out there a bit and sort of start getting in the actual bigger kit that I need to sort of start rolling off these uh, custom bits or you know or, or multiple of one single item at a time sort of thing so it, it kind of happened in two stages so to answer the first bit when i progressed on from my my, my first sewing machine uh, and it's literally like a fisher price my first sewing machine um it, uh, it, when you when you held it up it looked like a like a 1970s star wars toy you know when the plastic yeah. just just discolors a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's, it's like five shades, five shades of beige, um, yeah. where each bit's slightly discolored differently in the uh, in the sun. Um, but what what drove me away from that machine was it couldn't do mil spec thread. So for to meet the US mil spec, because that's what it's just kind of standard throughout the world. You've got to use basically at least um, bonded nylon. Uh, 40s in the in the UK and Europe we call it 40s, but they call it Tech 69 or Tech 70. Basically, it's like the thicker nylon um, bond. So it's like four or five strands of nylon thread twisted together and, and bonded. So it's it's really strong but really quite thick. And that machine mm -hmm. just you just it just wouldn't pick it up. The tension would be wrong and sh stuff would just fall apart. Um, so I ended up buying again off like Gumtree or Facebook Marketplace, like a, 
really old industrial showing machine, having done zero research. One day I was just like, fuck it. Industrial sewing machine. And then just like sort by lowest price. And I found this rusty old thing from some woman that used to like fix her horse's jackets from a farm just outside of uh, Cardiff where I was living at the time. And I'm like, fuck it. Um, borrowed a mate's van, went down there, handed her 50 quid, took this sewing machine back. My wife looked at me like, where the fuck is that going? Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm going in my man cave. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah. So, and then from there, it was probably about, I had that machine for about a year. Um, so it was strong enough to, to punch through basically as much fabric that would fit under the needle. Um, uh, and, and would run the proper mill spec thread. Um, so that, that was, I say, quite soon. It was probably a few months from from that to to, to from my first machine to to buying that to, to really step up the game to be confident enough to start building kit for my mates. Um, but the trouble is, so there's several different types of sewing machines, um, and that machine was really designed for sewing through light fabrics, clothing, t-shirts, trousers, that sort of thing. So for doing like you know, if I ever was crazy enough to challenge Roman in Ukraine and build like combat gear, like clothing, that would be the perfect machine for it. But that's just not not my forte. Clothing is a whole different beast. Um, but it's because it's, um, it's it, basically the only feeding mechanism is on the underneath. So you've got something called feed dogs, which kind of look like little razor blades that pull the fabric through. And for light fabrics, that's that's fine. But for, for heavy-duty stuff like the corduroys that we use for all the gear that we make, you need to feed from top and bottom. So you, there's something called a walking foot sewing machine. So you've got the feed dogs on the bottom. You've got um, like the, the press foot on top, and they kind of move together. So the needle goes in, does the stitch, and then clamps down, pushes the fabric all the way through, then does the next stitch. Um, and that just helps keep everything together. And I bought that machine <clears throat> basically as soon as I started my Instagram account. So that was my first like proper, proper. So my second industrial sewing machine, but my first proper sewing machine for building this type of gear. Um, and that's I say that was about when I started my Instagram and really started to sell stuff. Um, did that oh, answer the question? I can't even remember. What I think so. Yeah, now. you covered that rather well. Like yeah, <laughs> I was I was quite impressed with Adventures yeah. of Zulu because he's put in there. Was it a walking foot? And when he first started, to, I had no idea what he was talking about. And then you mentioned it. So, like... <laughs> no, no, it was not a walking foot. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's basically just like a a gruntier <laughs> version of what I already had. Um, <laughs> but I ended up selling that for three hundred quid. So I made two hundred fifty quid profit on that machine. So, bang in. Nice. <laughs> Nicely done, um, sir. Well, that's funnily enough. Adventures of Zulu says, "What machine do you use?" So, what what kind of what machines do you use now? Um, I know you've got your proper old school one that you bought. Yeah, so I've got a few now. Um, oh, is the internet fine? No, you're still there. Apparently, by the way, there's okay. a solar flare or well, something Andy's that's just, affecting. Andy's just quickly, just to let everyone know, Andy's just put a message. Yeah, the UK's being hit by a solar flare, so internet is being very spotty, apparently, whether he's got it from the news or something. So, yeah, you have to bear with us. Mm. Well, bear with us, UK. 
we're, we're gonna we're gonna struggle on. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 much to my wife's dismay. But now I'm in the garage, as you can see. So uh, she doesn't have to see him anymore. But I've got in here one, two, three, four, five industrial sewing machines, uh, and they've all got their own purpose, or at least bloody hell. Wife. Oh, that was. Um, I was going to say, are they all set up for doing an individual task for you, then sort of thing? Yes. So all of them right. are. Uh, well, so four of the, three of them are walking foot. So one is a really big. It's a brother uh, or oh, LS two B eight nine something dash seven eight five. Yeah, I know it. Really big. <laughs> really, really big. It's this one here, actually. This. Oh no! Nope. So for the shit. <laughs> I prefer the ninety-eight B personally. But... <laughs> oh look yeah, at that! So That's a beast. That, that, that machine there. So for comparison, like, uh, well, okay, that's actually a really bad representation, but it's a beast. Um, and that thing. Mm. So that's sort of my main workhorse. So ninety percent of the work is done on that machine. It's got auto functions it runs off an air compressor as well as electric so like when you st it's like the lazy man's dream so when you start stitching it automatically back tacks for you you can set how many stitches it does uh, it goes through and when when you finish the stitch back tacks again for you and then cuts the thread so it's really good for like really churning stuff out and that's why i bought that machine and that's what's called a compound feed which is slightly different to a walking foot although kind of still a walking foot it's, so rather than the outside dogs move, the, the needle comes down and then there's a feed dog in the middle and the middle presser foot pulls the fabric through. So you've got the needle, the presser foot and the bottom feed dogs pulling all the fabric through. Um, I've got a Jack H2, which was my first walking foot machine, uh, which is behind there. Um, I can't bring myself to sell it, although I don't really need it. But it's you know there's that there's that it's like there, emotional attachment to it. Um, it's like the, the the actual work surface is covered in all the stickers of all the other stitches that I'm good friends with and all the brands that I've worked with and it's just like a nice piece. But that's my backup machine, you know. So when when things <laughs> don't go quite right with the big boy, I can go onto that and it will do 99.9% .9 of the stuff. It just doesn't have any of the fancy features. Um, right. I've got a walking foot cylinder arm. So you might see them, they kind of look like a normal sewing machine, but rather than a flat bed, it's just got a tube. And I've got that set up for binding. So on the insides of, of pouches and bags and stuff, you cover the raw edges to stop them from fraying. And it's, a, it's like a, a tape that's folded in half. So on there, there's, there's, there's a the tape folder, a re, uh, reel holder that holds the reel of, of webbing, and it all kind of feeds through automatically. And there's a little thing on there and it all synchronizes together and does that uh, i've got a bartak machine it's a brother an old brother something or other three four hundred maybe um and that does bartak machines and box x machines so it's like a fully automated you hit it you stick your your webbing in your your piece of fabric underneath it. you hit the button and it just does like 52 you know when you see like molly those um zigzaggy stitches just does that in a one and you don't have to do anything you just put it in mm. and it's done uh, super quick although doesn't get as much use as i'd like because i only really use it for like batch production because chances are it's not got the right color thread on it for whatever the hell i'm building and it's just quicker 
to use the machine that I'm already on to just zip up and down a couple of times to reinforce the stitch rather than, you know, turning around, getting onto the other machine, doing that, and then coming back. Um, and then I, I sent I sent these guys a, a, a picture of a over 100-year-old Singer Patcher uh, that I've I'll take it out. It's a, it's a lovely old machine. Uh, completely manual. Hand crank treadle. So you start with the hand crank just to get the momentum going, and then there's this like foot pedal that you've got to like pump. Um, but you'll see them in um, in cobblers uh, shoe repair shops because the the actual presser foot can point in any direction. So it's super handy for mod work because you can stick your you know stick your bergen on, and then you, you put your, your your pouch on your water bottle pouch on on it where you want it. And you, you put it on and you can stitch that way, then you can stitch that way, then you can stitch that way, and Look back again without actually having to strip it apart. Yeah. But it so I, I don't tend that was gonna be one of my that. questions, like <laughs> Yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, because no, like like when I did the bits on my bag and I was just like, How on earth do you like you know on like not on an industrial scale, but like but for like yourself, is like it's quickly. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's manipulating the bag around the machine and stuff like that. I mean, I, I struggled just like doing it freehand. It's like you... yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I get the gist of what you were saying. I think your internet's yeah. gone a bit patchy. <laughs> <laughs> took a massive dive by the way <laughs> I love it when it cuts and we can hear the occasional swear word yeah, just just Am I done a massive back? dump by the way is what what, we're my just a massive poo. Yeah. am I back but to is answer back? your question are we gone <laughs> he's back yeah you're back yes, you're slow, but... yeah, so before I got that patcher I would have to strip a Bergen down. So turn it inside out, cut all the threads yes. off, the two sides and the bottom, and then like, you spread, splay it out like a you know, shellfish. Right? And then you can strip off what you need to strip off uh, from there. You, you stitch on what you need. Then you put it back together, stitch back around the seam, bind around the seams, and then it's good to go. Um, but it would take me... So I, I did a lot of Bergens for a while, and I could do a full Bergen mod. So that's like triple utility pouch, poncho pouch, mesh side panels, float and lid, change the straps for like thicker padded straps, and put, add uh, 3D spacer mesh uh, back padding on. And it would take me about two hours of Bergen to strip it and put it back together, and about two hours to to make all the pouches for it and stitch the pouches on. But I'm not even kidding. I say the first one took me a bloody weekend. Um, wow. But after a few, you kind of get used to it. But that's doing stuff in batches. So I would I would build up all the pouches, you know, over a couple of days mm. for 10 burgers or whatever, and then spend the worst time of my life stripping 10 burgers down to the point where I could mod them and then do it like kind of like <laughs> a Henry Porter's like. Um but yeah, so it, most of the time, you've you've got to really strip stuff down, um, which is fine. Um, but 
you don't really want to do that too often. So I, if somebody's got a Bergen that's already been modded and they want something else done to it, I tend to shy away from those kind of jobs because you don't know who's had the bag before. You don't know how good their craftsmanship is, although they don't like shitting on other people's work, but you just don't know. And the amount of Bergen that I've had said to me, and it's been in the point where I'm like, I actually can't do this because the fabric's frayed or, you know, they've, they've stitched stitch the bag back together like a thousand times and it would legitimately take me a week to unpick every stitch. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just not worth it. So I end up, I have had to send a few bourbons back just saying, sorry, like I can't do that one. Um, so I, I always recommend, and it's not like a filthy money-grabbing <laughs> technique, but if whoever you go to for bourbon mods, if you think you might need it, put it on, because you can always strip it off. It's much easier to take things off of stuff than it is to add stuff on to something that's already been added to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair one. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And yeah, you might well. you might waste some money, but it, it's better than having to buy a whole new Bergen and paying for all the mods again. Although you could probably you know sell your old one and get most of your money back anyway. You can never really cool. have an empty pouch, though, can you? You go, oh, oh, I might, I might, yeah, I might use this pouches pouch are there to be and then go. Yes. Right, I've got a pouch. It's going to get sank, shoved in it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I love your pillow talk. <laughs> I try, Lance. <laughs> so, in terms of custom kit, we had a, a question coming from Les before the show, um, and he said. Uh, can you ask if Mission Tailors do these mesh pouches in DPM? I want them for my medic bag. Also, can you ask if they do these, but for the sides of a support Bergen, also in DPM? Uh, also, can they put a liner in the support Bergen as mine is starting to peel off inside and it's leaving bits on my kit when I take it out? So, Who was that Les from? Just, Les. <laughs> this yeah. was from Les. So, Les has come up with the entire order. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, if we if we pick this as, a, as an example, so this is obviously a, an existing product. Um, it comes in a specific camo pattern. I think maybe they do one other. I'm not sure. But um, so in, in terms of sort of taking this product and, and adapting that, I guess, uh, into a, a new thing um, with a different camo pattern, how, how would you sort of go about that? Um, so generally, because of, built so many different things from a good few well-oriented photos you can basically reverse engineer a lot of things so one but one thing that's really good for like sizing stuff is webbing comes in standard sizes so molly webbing your standard webbing that's on everything is 25 mil or one inch um i know 25 mil isn't quite one inch but it's close enough um so you can like zoom in, get your ruler on the screen and you can then like gauge the size of everything else based off that as long as, hmm. like a photo like this, a nice top-down photo, super easy. Um, the hardest bit is finding unique camos. So for this example, no, I cannot make that in DPM because there's no such thing as DPM mesh. I'd have to commission like 5,000 meters of it and that's not what not what I'm into. Um, uh, but, you know, so meshes, you can get MTP mesh, multicam mesh, uh, and then really from there, unless you go to China, it's 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 like olive drab, black, tan, and those are kind of your only options. Um, but, you know, if you want 
green mesh pouches, hit me up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, for, for the support Bergen, so what you'll find is a lot of older fabrics. Now, I don't want to scare anyone, but a lot of the older, durable, water-repellent fabrics, the linings aren't that nice to ingest. They are bad for you. Um, but they, like every fabric, every coating does degrade over time. Um, so whether that's your, your, you know, your IIR treatment on combat, you know, your, your brand new set of prizes, invisible after 50 washes, that coating's gone. And it's the same sort of thing for the the water resistant coatings on the insides of heavier fabrics. So after 10, 15 years, that rubberiness, that kind of slightly tacky internal stuff does start to wear off. Um, but what I would recommend if you don't like, yes, I could line that Bergen, but I'd just buy stuff stacks. So get get your your waterproof dry line bags or whatever they're called from whoever. It'll be your cheapest option. Because yeah, I could strip it apart. Um yeah. I I I just buy liner bags, shovel your kit in a liner bag, chuck it in your bergen. Yeah, exactly what I do. So is it if it if it is it worth doing if the, I mean Les is obviously saying his line is falling apart and I know you said it's obviously not nice to ingest or whatever. So would it be worth doing from a safety perspective I guess on that front or I mean could you just line over the top of it or you so what you could do what he could do um turn it inside out kind of brush it down and you can get like you know like um tent waterproofing sprays you could you could oh, line it with something like, like scotch that. bright or something like that or yeah 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 but whatever whatever you've got there you could you could line it with something like that and that'll help seal it in the fabric will still be structurally sound um, but for, from a like carcinogenic point of view, you'd have to lick the bergen raw. I'm sure there is someone out there that's Les probably is, done that. that. I'm only kidding, yeah. Les. I love you, Mark. That's yeah, definitely yeah, going to be a thing somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't licking. worry about it too much. It, it's more, you know, it's just yeah, old kit will degrade. I, I would say. It would probably be cheaper to find a better condition support bergen in DPM than it would be to strip it down, line it, and put it back together again. So, if Perhaps. someone say had their own fabric or they found their own mesh and they bought a small section, would you be willing to work with that if they posted that to you? Or yeah, 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 I've done, I've done stuff like that before. Um, there was a guy years ago that wanted some Czech camo stuff made, which was super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the sort of thing that you can't really buy, although I, oh, or yeah. maybe you can, but I just don't know where I would get it from. Um, they sent me, you know, a couple of meters of fabric and a few meters of webbing, and I made him basically like a full fucking loadout. Like he had a wicked. He managed to source a, a plate carrier, but all the mag pouches, like drop down pouch, all, all sorts of stuff. That's uh, cool. So yeah, so that's is is fine. What I would say is check. First, before buying anything, because not all fabrics are made equal. Mm -hmm. So, what would you recommend as a a minimum if people were thinking about that? So, for gear, um, the minimum standard is five hundred D Cordura. Well, Cordura is a brand, so any kind of 
nylon for mil spec or polyester is fine 500d and that that stands for the the actual like weight of the individual fibers that mm-hmm. are woven together to make the fabric um and that's got pretty pretty good abrasion resistance pretty strong um and if it's got a water repellent coating on it then a winner so otherwise stuff won't be waterproof mm-hmm. um I, w- I would always buy from uk european or us uh, suppliers nine times out of ten it's going to be decent quality this and, and that's not to say the stuff coming out of like china isn't good but you don't know until you've got it and you know wasting six weeks waiting for it yeah mm. Hmm. Hmm. Got me thinking now. <laughs> Les says he bought a liner bag at Odyssey for fifty p. So, yep. there you go. Bargain. Happy days. <laughs> um, and another question come in from uh, where was it? Adventures of Zulu. Um, there's there's other people that I've just jumped out. Of Is it just you, or do you have other people making as well? So I've got somebody that helps me out when times are busy. Um, but the goal is to try and find somebody to stitch for me full time. Um, hmm. Once I've, I've I've kind of recently moved locations. Once I've sort of settled here, um, I'm going to look to find a, a small industrial unit and then hire somebody full time to stitch alongside me. And at that point, throughput should be a lot better. Uh, but no, currently, most of the time, it's just me. So is this your full-time job now, or do you have a no, I, another I wish. job? That's... Yeah, no. So, <laughs> so I, 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 I do have a full-time job, uh, and this is just mm-hmm. the side, the side gig, the side hustle. Uh, but there are points where I've definitely done more hours in the shed than I have done in the office, <laughs> and that's not because I didn't work my full-time hours in the office. You know, so it's yeah. Busy. So I'm guessing if you had a choice, you'd be where you are now rather than in the office yeah yeah i i enjoy i, I enjoy the bespoke custom stuff like the, mm. the working out the you know what's what's how would you make that what's this cool unique thing idea that somebody's got and then like kind of working out the best way to do that can i spin that into my own product could i adapt it slightly to make it a bit more generic and then spin that off as a product um and then you know, hire somebody who can just sit there and just sew at the machine all day. Um, that's the goal. That's the goal. Nice. Well, fingers crossed it happens. Yeah, yeah. Everyone wants kit. But looking at the chat, everybody wants a bit of kit from you. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got to admit, the stuff that I've got off you has literally there's not been a single problem with it since I've got it. Nope. Same as that. And I think vouch for Mark the quality. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. mate. Yes. I don't know if anyone. I don't know. Did my dangler did were any more rolled off the production line, or is this a, a, a unique one piece? So, I've had people ask for them. Um, I have done a couple in a similar fashion. So, with the like the two forty mil pouches, uh, but a lot mm-hmm. of people want a smaller pouch because it is quite long. Yes. Um, although if you if you're looking for he's that, got a lot of love dangle to cover it's the quality for me it's just the sheer quality it's yeah 
Like just everything. It's just all brilliant. Uh, so I think you've had that for two and a half years now, at least. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Sorry, my lights playing silly buggers now. There we go. Let's move yeah. over there. It's back again. Solar flare. Solar flare. <laughs> I, I mean, I have to profess. It's I've, the little I've touches actually, as well. I've not actually bought anything from Mission Taylor's, so I. There's Shame on you, Mike Fraser. <laughs> Shame yeah, on you, mate. <laughs> um, Unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, the stuff that I've seen that you've been making for for people is looks pretty good. So. And the, oh, sorry, thread, actually, the, um, the rip-off comms pouch, which is there. That was the go. first one, wasn't it? Was that the first thing? Yeah. Or was it the that dangler was the first, first thing? First. That, that was the first that, thing. That the first. So that can go yeah. all my comms. I think it's got a couple of Kydex insert for two Bofangs. Little loops for cables and that to come out of. And that can just go onto my plate carrier. Or I can rip it off and chuck it onto my backpack or onto my chest rig. It lives on my chest rig because it works really well with that. So I do like that very much. That one is a yeah, one-off, just... I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> Here you go, look. So there's my, there's my patrol pack. So I had two of these panels made up by Jacob, and he even stitched me a blanking plate. Excuse the Velcro. Oh. Didn't make the oh. noise. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't have a long enough shout in me. And then obviously I could take it off my chest rig and just bosh it onto my bag. Oh, I've got a bit of that. That's it. So that goes onto my bag. And then clips on. That is awesome. Quick, quick way of transferring comms from bag to uh, plate carrier or chest rig, whatever. I think it just come off. Yep. That's it. Yeah, that my, I loved it. It was exactly what I wanted as well. I was very, very happy. We lads show? Yes, yeah, screw it. They can kick <laughs> us off. My, um, do you remember the pain in the ass this one was? This is when HRT yep. stopped making this, and I went, I really want one. And he went, it's going to cost more and i was like but they've stopped making it make it for me <laughs> <laughs> and literally i've ran this every day every game day since then and it's absolutely nice. brilliant nice. um i'll stretch out the elastic a little bit to take other things now <laughs> but yeah, yeah absolutely cracking yeah. bit of kit that is elastics will be the first things to go anyway they're a pain yeah. in the ass um just inherently stretchy the elastic yeah. goes they become not stretchy well, I, they were originally made for pistol, weren't they? Um, yeah. But then I decided that, no, I wanted two TQs in them <laughs> to look to look baller. And TQs are slightly bigger than pistol mags. So it was just... Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> on, on your kit then, uh, Jacob, what has been sort of like your number one where you sort of thrown something off the production line and people have gone like, oh, I need that? Like, what's been your sort of like your best-selling bit of kit that you've sort of... A, almost like a Mission Tailors exclusive bit of kit. So, Whether that's been airsoft or for the forces or whatnot, or a bit of both. So a lot of the recurring jobs, the high runners are for serving. Um, so um, it's although not branded, I don't brand it, but one of the biggest sellers, uh, I actually just sell it on eBay because uh, easier for people to find. But it's a PRR Bowman headset band in multicam. Because ah. they're either they're either in black in OD green, or you know, if you're lucky, you might find a tan one. But I do like multicam little mesh bit with multicam elastic, and I sell loads of those. Absolutely loads of them. They're not they're not expensive, but they're not cheap. I think they're twenty quid on eBay. But I I 
a lot of those go. And I have had some people buy more than <laughs> one, but like not in one transaction. Like every few months, they'll buy another one. Clearly, somebody like one of their mates wants one, and they just buy it for one. Um, but my biggest product, so I've got two, and they're designed. That's these, for, isn't it? Oh, kind of, very similar. Very oh, similar. okay. Sorry, bud. <laughs> very similar. No, that's so that that's a cool product, and I'll, I'll talk about that after this actually. Okay. Um, so I do. Can I have ones. a guess? Can I have a guess what it is? <laughs> what what those are? Yeah. Oh yeah, go, go on then. We'll, we'll we'll do that now. We'll do that now. Guess what they are? I reckon they're watch covers. Woo! Are they? Yeah. They're Featured awesome. Featured on Grand Thumbs YouTube channel as well. Um, for those that followed. Only reason I know that I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I'm really super cool and I knew that because I knew that. Only reason I know that is because my brother-in-law used to use an old Bowman cover headset for his watch, and he went, "You know what? You only need yeah. to do to spare one of that." I was like, "What's that?" He said, "Use it on your watch as a cover." I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, nice one." So it, it's yeah, the, the, it's basically the same mesh uh headband but mm -hmm. rather than like the loop at the bottom for the elastic to go around i put like a little what's called a tri-glide or a square ring on the bottom so then the bit that would go into the headset just goes onto that so there's no knot there's no nothing it's nice and comfortable and that was a that's a bespoke product that i do for sterling timepieces cool that's so that was cool. probably one of the most recent batches um so there's just probably i think there's like Five to ten of the coyote ones, twenty odd of the green ones, and like fifty odd of the multicam ones. Yeah, nice. Um, that's yeah. They, they came and said, "Hey, you know the Bowman headsets that you use." Because I imagine the guy probably bought one of mine off eBay or whatever. Um, came to me because I, I always stick like a little card to you know, hey, you know, if you need anything, mm -hmm. hit me up on Instagram. Like one of anyone that's bought anything from me, it's one of one of these ones. Like, thank you for purchasing. Awesome. Yeah, ah, nicely done, sir. Um, so I always chuck one of those in an order because they cost nothing. Um, so they, they hope probably found me through that and said, "Hey, we want this, but slightly different. Can you do it? Sure, yeah, we can." Uh, and that's that's been a good one. We've done a few hundred of those over the last year and a bit. So it's good, good runner. Good uh, play, mate. That's cool. I like watch. That. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it just stops the reflections off your watch. Mm. I'm guessing that will so fit other watches, watch, or can you only it buy it with yeah. a Sterling? Sorry, Andy. Yeah, yeah that's why we were answering the same question. <laughs> so I, I don't sell them personally through Mission Tailors. Um, just not worth it. But if you go onto Sterling timepieces, go to watch accessories, and they're all all under there. Oh, okay, it's cool. That, like, I could make them and sell them myself, but it's just not worth it for me to stock it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and we've got... But it probably makes sense to sell the watches and the accessories at the same place, isn't it, really? Because yeah, yeah, that's, that's the market there. They're, they're going to be yeah. buying that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I think they sent one over to Grantham, and they did one of his, like, cam and concealment videos, and he showed it off in there, um, which was quite cool. Um, but so going back, uh, for the serving, uh, the Virtus plate carrier is a particular beast um the molly on the back is not even so there's like because it's designed to take that like exoskeleton back support weight distribution system that everyone just throws on yeah. the skip as soon as they get issued it 
Um, I bought one. Yeah. <laughs> the DWD weight of distribution system. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> Have you tried it? Does it work? Yes, it's a nightmare. <laughs> I can understand why everyone got rid of them. <laughs> best best yeah, money to, like, I ever spent. Yeah, there's like a button, isn't yeah. there? You've got to lock it in to like make it rigid and then press it again. To, like, to be fair, the problem with it, I, I can probably dig it out for for another episode, but the problem with it is that the, the base of the spine unit, so the, the unit which is kind of the... Uh, the compression bit because it's adjustable you just push a button on the side of your bergen and you can adjust the height of it by just sort of moving around and clicking it in place but the base of the actual kind of bit that sticks out needs to sit in a receiving pouch on your hip pad or your uh, or your battle belt or something like that it's very hard to buy that can't find those <laughs> anywhere i ended up taking a um, a nine mil osprey mag pouch cutting the um the actual flap off of that and kind of mounting that on that and then you have this really awkward like oh god i've got to position that in it's like right behind you you can't see so ryan's saying that actually the spine has actually been taken out of service now isn't he? yeah yeah nobody <laughs> used it um but uh, so i make two different back panels so i make a back panel which is quite a nice slim thing that um basically takes like a water bladder a radio and maybe a wet and your wet gear um and i also make i don't have any of those to show but i also make like a this this started off as like an airsoft product so it's what i call the slim pack so it's kind of so it, it's a very thin bag so it opens up to three three or so inches um but has compression straps around the outside so i need to cinch it in and this is like a special so it goes down the middle and then you've got like the two half mollies and then the outer one so it's designed specifically for the vertus because uh, otherwise you can put like a flat pack or one of the other backpack mounted, uh, fake carrier mounted backpacks on, but they sit like off center or they're like bunched up or trying to stretch them out. Um, and they, they sell really well. Um, sell them all the time. They're, they're, they say mainly for like radio, camelback and you know, a few snacks in your, your wet weather jacket or something like that. Mm-hmm. Have you ever made? Sorry, I'm just going to cut in on the the Virtus conversation. Have you ever made for the Virtus Mark One a hip pad? Would you be willing to make one? <laughs> <laughs> because the Virtus yeah. Mark One, uh, uh, the the Virtus bag systems are basically designed to work in conjunction with the body armor and um, sort of battle belt setup. Um, together which obviously they don't come together so if you want to use that that's the biggest problem i find with my vertus is that it do, it's not designed really for kind of carrying on its own so it has no sort of hip system um so yeah if, if you're willing to make one let, let's have a little catch up after the show because um <laughs> that would definitely be something i'd be interested in because at the moment i've tried using just a bit of some like really old janky belt that i had and i wrapped it in um uh like just a bit of foam and then um, sniper tape and it was like well that worked for a little while but <laughs> fell apart and, yeah <laughs> the fuck it that will do tape. didn't last very long basically <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's always up for making anything just depends I, I can't off the top of my head picture what they actually look like um, no that's fine but, I, we'll, we'll chat after yeah. the show that's all cool yeah. <laughs> um, right so just very quickly we're gonna have a, a yes no game with you jacob in terms of stuff that you would be willing to make 
Uh, so people have been submitting a few little crazy ideas. Um, so, oh, here we go. The first Fine. one: <laughs> Would you make a Jaffa cake pouch? Uh, yeah, why not? Tempted. Yeah, yeah. Or have you got something that will facilitate that already made? So I, I do a, a TQ pouch that's like designed as like a pop-up TQ pouch. So you pull, you open the tab up, you pull it, and the TQ pops out. Mm. I could do something like that with Jaffa cake. <gasps> you can have a Jaffa cake one. distribution pouch. <laughs> would you make like a like um like it was it like a pezzel sweetie thing? The little door opens up. <laughs> the pez <laughs> upside down pez. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> told you to get fucking silly didn't i warned you <laughs> you're the one that introduced the the pez <laughs> <laughs> well you said jaffa cake and i just instantly yeah. thought oh yeah distribution we just distribute we just with pez. what we're given don't we <laughs> um, if anyone wants to contribute to this game you've got about 30 seconds to get something in the chat by the way because i've only got a few of these lined up um john says how about a pouch for the stanley trigger cup oh yeah why not why not why not? Cool. That's about the same size as the ammo flask, isn't it? Anyhow, the stand, the yeah. 12 ounce. Yeah. Mm. Uh, right, that's it. I only had two. So that was it. <laughs> that was the game. <laughs> oh, your pants, Mike. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I've got one. Um, mobile phone pouch. So do you I've do one? Done already. I've, I've not. I've not. It's not something that I, ha I do, but I've done one of those like fold down chest mounted phone holder thingies or for Have like you? the KDUs, the radio KDUs. Yeah. But they're a bit of a faff. I would probably end up just pointing you towards one of the off the shelf ones because it's just not I couldn't they're they're really like specific to the phone and the size mm -hmm. and whatever. So this I'd I'd it'd be cheaper to buy one of the off the shelf ones from Tactical Kit or whatever. Okay. Stephen Whitehead says, says that Aussie bottle looks about the size oh, of a box of Jaffers. So yeah, if we're making a pouch for the Aussie bottle, we could get some uh, serious Jaffa cake action in there. Yeah. I, I would say probably a lighter fluid bottle with more Jaffa cake size. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you take them out of the box, I'm wondering if they want them to pack in the box they come in, or whether just you in want the, the internal... Maybe a collab with Kydex Custom and do a rigid... A rigid Jaffa cake storage pouch. Oh. oh my god! Yeah. Yes, it's going to be a November thing. Fox Shop. We'll, we'll get involved with this somehow. Just, just. <laughs> I'm I'm not this getting involved amazing. with Jaffa cake. No, but definitely. Custom I'll slash mission storage pouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll even, I'll even contact Jaffa cake tomorrow, and we'll see if we'll get them in on it, and we'll have like this, um, this mill spec Jaffa cake dispenser Pez system. It'll be amazing. And we'll, we'll send one to Grandfam with a packet of Jaffa yeah. cakes and be like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mate, do it. More, mo more moody European treats for the. Young to get her teeth into <laughs> what the hell is a jaffa cake then then i can see the army contract coming out it'll be the biscuit brown jaffa cake dispenser you know it'll have a yeah. uh, nato nato reference number well, yeah, but what's the number one treat for like a serving soldier what would be we've, we've said jaffa cakes so someone suggests jaffa cake but what is the number one sort of go-to treat for a for a for a grunt in the u.s or a, or, or a serving soldier over here sort of thing and what pouch crayons? would do oh yeah, no crayons. chip cookies <laughs> Cookies, cookies would be the one. Chuck chip cookies, the Chuck chip cookie dispenser. It's amazing. The, the, it's no, selling itself. The Northern Irish American <laughs> Marine. You want them all? This is it. This is this is our. This is how we make our millions. <laughs> 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 Mike, Terry, Mike did get very excited then, didn't he? 
<laughs> coconut bites. I've not seen, I've not seen coconut bites or Haribo. Mm. Yeah, Haribo is pretty popular. Mm. Be, be Jacob's like, oh fuck, what have, I, what have I signed myself up for? <laughs> <laughs> have you got a Haribo? Have you made a Haribo pouch? You must have made a Haribo pouch no. for someone. No, What's the weirdest but... thing you've ever made, Jacob, for somebody? Like genuinely thought, right, if you want it, I'll make it. I'm going to charge you through the nose for it, so you say no, but then they've still turned around and said yes. Like, you know when a landscaper goes to price a job in for an absolute twat yeah. and puts it in for, like, 20 grand? They're like, yeah, okay, great. And you're like, fuck. Um, I really I hope, before you answer, before you answer, I really hope it's something weirdly sexual. Like, it would just be amazing <laughs> if someone's gone, do you know what I need? I need a tear away, I don't know, handcuff dispenser or something like that. Just, like... <laughs> Why has it got to be sexual? It doesn't have to be. I just, I, think, I just really want it to be. I think it'd be funny. So Mike's not on the edge of his seat. Look, he's like this. Get, get, get ready, get ready, get ready. So I, I've not done any any sexual pouches. Oh, well, that was a mistake saying that on this lot. <laughs> you yeah. will get it. I need a dildo. Hold <laughs> up. Honestly, weird stuff like weird stuff doesn't actually come up. I've had a few jobs. I I couldn't couldn't recall really what they are, but there's definitely jobs that I've priced way too high. Where I've gone either I don't want to do that, or you know, you, you can kind of judge it. So you know, if there, you, know, you, you you look through someone's Instagram feed and you see you know, you know they an avid you know squatty or or airsofter. And you chance it, don't you? you? You you price it way out, and you hope that they say no. But sometimes they say yes. Um, and then even then, I, I I'm usually like, oh, but it'll be six months, and still hoping they say no. Um, yes, so please, on, that's fine. The, the most unique. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like that was aimed at I'll me. Be, long. I'll be out of prison by then, so I'll be able to use it. <laughs> but uh, no, honestly, the weird, the, Sorry, the Mike. Most unique product. <laughs> Most unique product I've, I've I've made was that was your rip off uh, radio pouch. Is as boring Ooh. as that is. Hmm. It's probably the most unique. Like I've had oh, people send me stuff and I've built a pouch around it and ship it back to them, but it's usually nothing obscure. It's just like some random water bottle or specific type of magazine or whatever. Right. Okay. You know what you need to do? You need to make a retention line for gats and give them to the marines. Or commandos yeah. or whoever so it was who lost it over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a sling, maybe. <laughs> um, do you know what I have done, actually? I've done like a bungee clip. So not as so much a sling for a, a, a rifle, but like a bungee clip. So not a one-point sling, not a two-point sling, but like a literally a. it's attached to the side of your plate carrier. You clip it onto the rifle, and if you drop it, it captures it for you. Um, so, you know, but that was a one-off. Um, I had mm. like bungee cord in it, tubular webbing, so it had a bit of like spring to it. The hope was if he dropped it, it'd spring back up and hit him in the nuts or something. I know, teach him a lesson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so maybe that was sexual. <laughs> rifle, sort of rifle slings and stuff like that. Have you done much around that? Or has it been basically sort of bag mods or pouch mods and stuff like that? Yeah, so I've done some rifle slings, um, done different styles of battle belts, although belts aren't really my things. Like the MRB style belts are super complex and take forever. 
and everyone and their mums doing like a FRV Ronin tactical style battle belt. Mm-hmm. So there's just no point. Um, mm-hmm. That and everyone wants Cobra buckles, and they are yeah. bloody expensive. But they are nice. They are nice. They are. They are really <laughs> nice. But the metal ones, even at wholesale price, are still like twenty quid a buckle. Well, I wish I could get the buckle off my old my old old webbing set, which is a uh, it's a um, transport retention webbing, and it's just like the bar, so you can you can fold the you can put the strap through and put it back halfway, so it just pops out. It's like a really quick, stupidly strong. Once it's tightened up, you won't undo it. But is it's that like the like knurled a, the knurled metal bar? No, no metal bar in the middle. It's like a basically like a an overly sort of shaped outer and the, and the webbing just literally goes through and back on itself and you just cinch it and that's it it stays tight until you release it yeah so they're wickedly they're simple yeah i um, think um they used to i think the sas used to use them when they used to mod their belt kits back in the day i only know this purely because i watched a video on it a couple of days ago and they used to sort of scrounge the yeah that's it basically it but obviously a bit more heavy duty because it was actually a cargo strapping like lashing point like okay. lashing down pallets yeah. so they cut the big green webbing strap sort of yay meter and a half long and that would become the belt for their belt kit and they'd keep the buckle on the end and that's what they used to use and there's a way yeah, of putting cool. the strap through so you could put it you only put it through one side of the bar and fold it back on itself and so then when you pull it it can just pop out pop open really quick that's cool they're wicked they are. i've got it on a like belt that. kit somewhere but yeah that'd be good <laughs> very very simple belt but an awesome buckle there's none of the Cobra stuff for me. I don't like it because it's too much. It's too many working parts to it. It's too clicky. I like it yeah, to just be simple in and out. Really easy to undo. Mm. So like if if you if you land on it funny, like Cobra buckles will just blow open. Um, you got to be unlucky. Yeah. If you um, because I I funnily enough bought a couple cheap belts off of eBay, and I think they were like three pounds each that had a Cobra esque style buckle on them. Um. And they've been, I mean, they've lasted like a good six years now. Um, I mean, would it, would it be a case if you could, you could potentially buy some cheaper stuff or, or are you sort of your, your, you want to obviously maintain your quality on that front? So I, I could, yeah, that the, there's, there's knockoff buckles you can get. There's different brands. There's a, something called a Raptor buckle. See that? Sorry, a roll pin yeah. belt. That's what it's called. Yeah. Thank you, Terry. Yeah. Good man. Yeah. The, yeah. The, um, so there's, there's Raptor buckles out the US, which is kind of like their in US Cobra buckle, um, and there are like clones that you could buy. I just don't. I I wouldn't entertain it for if somebody supplied it to me, I would use it, but I wouldn't go out my way and buy it in because I can't guarantee the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like yeah, that's to fair use, I like to use stuff that I've either personally tested or somebody else has tested on my behalf. So a lot of the kit that I sell to, to squaddies that isn't like bespoke gear, a lot of it's come from... So like the, the back panel was something that one guy wanted once. And he... I was like, okay, like, I'll do it for you, but you know, can you give me some feedback? What's good? What's bad? That sort of thing. And a lot of my products are just other people's ideas that they've agreed with me that I can you know adapt it slightly and, and sell it to the Sell it to the world. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I like to like test stuff somewhat properly, and I'll always buy genuine material stuff like that. No, it's nice to know as well. Like you can tell, mm. you can tell with the kit that we've. I'm sure Lance will back me up. The the stuff that we've 
rewarded from you. No, like, mate, yeah, you can't fault it. Lasted, cannot fault it. Even the after sale stuff. I mean, look, yeah. um, I can't remember. Was it was it the dangler, Jacob? I think one of the pads. Was it was it slightly too narrow for what I wanted it to fit, or too big, and I needed yeah, to so, sink in a bit smaller. Yeah. So the the mag pouch that. lids I made too big. Um, I made them for. Or did I make That's them too what it small? Was. I made them too small. I made them for a, 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 an issued Glock mag, which is yes, actually that's right. shorter mm-hmm. than whatever it was you were Yeah, mine was WE, the um, 45s. Um, but literally, yeah. she packaged it back up, sent it back to Jacob. Within, within a week, it was back. Perfectly, yeah. just perfect. Absolutely perfect. So, yeah. I Can't, a cannot lot of my fault orders, the kit. A lot of my orders these days are return customers. So hopefully that... Absolutely, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I can't, I'm, like I said, I'm confident I'm, in it. I cannot fault mine, like the stitches. And especially no, this as well, because obviously this has been ripped off and put onto other bits of kit and ripped off again. Put onto, But then like, obviously the panel behind it stayed solid. I mean, the stitching is just, it looks brand new still. And it's just been dragged through the shit and the dirt. And it's just, yeah, just puck it. Awesome bits of kit. Awesome bits of kit. Highly recommend. Yeah, yeah I take mine. I, I literally moved my, I'm going to refer to it as a HRT clone. Um, <laughs> literally from my um chest rig over to my plate carrier all the time like literally mm. when i start getting hot it gets ripped off and there's not a single problem with it at all good to Love um it. i'm conscious of the time uh we've got quite a lot of questions queued up so uh if we can try and do a few of them in quick succession because um, I'm conscious that <laughs> quite a lot of people have a lot of questions. It's a very interesting subject, clearly. Um, so James C says, Jacob, any advice for someone wanting to learn tactical sewing slash tailoring? Um, get some kit, get some surplus gear, get some cheap shit, turn it inside out, observe it, give it a go. You don't need anything special. E- even buy, go to your local fabric store, buying some normal cotton fabric, you know, it's not going to be usable, but you can learn your techniques using very cheap materials. You don't have to go to wherever and spend 30 quid a meter on multicam fabric. You can use cheap stuff and just, just give it a go. Say, turn it inside out, and you'll see how it's made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. Uh, not that one. I'll come back to that one. Uh, Stephen Whitehead says, Jacob, do you do repro kit? I'd be interested in commissioning some pieces of Argentine green leather webbing, maybe made out of faux or veggie leather. Would that be up your street? That sounds quite sexual. Uh, it, leather. Uh, so I tend to not work <laughs> with leather just because I've not really had a lot of experience with it. But you know, let, let us know what your what your requirements are, and we can we can work on it. Um, as I said, I, I tend not to do repro kit if you can buy it. So, like, the, the clone stuff that I've made for myself has been you can't buy a cryomobby belt in Danish camo. So I've made mm-hmm. it. And I've made, like, if somebody wants something in, you know, some obscure colour that you can't buy, then I'm happy to do it. But if someone's like, hey, can I get a S-Tag pouch in multicam? I'd say, yeah, go to Tactical Kit, buy an S-Tag pouch in multicam. <laughs> Cool. Uh, Taig says, what's your opinion on laser cutting laminate fabric versus hand cutting fabric? Is it killing the skill? Hashtag robots are better at my job than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Got a love Taig. (laughs) I'd also just obviously Taig's from Kydex Customs. Um, He's also just said mil spec Jaffa cake carriers are off the hook. 
So uh, I think <laughs> yeah. I think Tags Tags definitely down yeah. for this. So uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a shame because I was actually I used to live just down the road from from them, uh, and I've moved away now. Uh, so we could could have been a lot easier. Um, laminate fabrics have their purpose, um, and I won't bore everyone else with the details. I think laser cutting fabric and building pouches out of it is quicker. It's a lot quicker. It allows you to get to market quicker and you need very little skill to do it. And that's not to say the people that are making that kit don't have skill. It's a very, if you've got a few thousand pounds and enough space for a whopping great big CA2 laser, fire away, go ahead, do it. Um, I don't personally work with laminates because I don't have a laser cutter. Um, and it's not something that I'm really looking to get into. At least for now. Once I've got my big industrial mm -hmm. unit and you know, 50 grand burning a hole in my pocket. I want a fully automated <laughs> laser cutter where I can load a roll on one end and pull it through and it just like churns out stuff. And at the end of the production line, poof, there's a pouch for Jaffa Cakes. Love it. Could I'm genuinely excited. Giveaway. I really <laughs> want this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adventures of Zulu says, can you do rescue equipment? Uh... The kit that I build does not go through any regulatory testing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wonder if he means pouches that best for, answer. for, That's for a... rescue equipment or specifically yeah. Yeah. like so I, As yeah, in like orangey sort of stuff, I'm guessing, or high-vis sort of type yeah. stuff, maybe? Uh, I've got high-vis orange uh, in stock ready to go. Um, Could you yeah, make me I, a high-vis orange webbing set so I can wear on the railway for my tools not to go in? Yes, hundred yeah. percent. I'm down yeah, for that. Absolutely. You can wear it with my sniper, my my high vis ghillie sniper suit. No, I wouldn't wear that. <laughs> yeah. no. Which I need to get back off, Ed. Actually, Ed, if you're listening, can I have that back? I'm going to see you next, please. <laughs> I would genuinely, I'd, I'd love a, a belt kit for for work, just so I haven't got to hunk that massive great backpack down the track every night. Just <laughs> all my bits and bobs around me. Very yeah, unique. Yeah, I've, I've done high vis stuff um, for military units. Um, for like their selections and trainings and stuff like that, Bergen covers and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Can do hivers, um, pouches, stuff like that. I won't make harnesses. Awesome. I won't make stuff that is there to protect your life because mm -hmm. I don't want you coming after me when it breaks. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Which you wouldn't, but if or you not did. come, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not coming after you or getting just sued by the family. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Les says, can I make a toilet roll pouch with a slit to dispense the paper? Yeah. Isn't there one already made? Don't you own one, but, Mike? You've got one of them, Mike, haven't you? I have a toilet In roll pouch. Car. You can get them off of Miltech. Uh, it doesn't have a little slit to pull out the paper, but it does have like a central... You basically load the toilet essential. paper and you pull it out the middle. Central. Not oh, central. I thought you said essential. I was like, oh, what's central, central about a toilet roll <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I've used it's that your a purpose. Bit. <laughs> a fair bit having a kid having a toilet roll in the back of the car that's kind of you know not going to get all banged about and dirty i highly recommend that <laughs> um right. yeah yeah uh kenny rebel says you could do helmet scrim bin for off cuts yep yeah on your website uh, i well. have got bags and bags and bags of stuff like that, yeah. I, I think Dragon Supplies do them occasionally as well. So if, if you need it, give their website a, a, a look. 
There you go. Uh, James C says, have you any advice for sourcing materials not in massive roles? Contact left. They're the only real UK supplier of raw materials. Um, other than that, Brexit kind of messed us up. There's a lot of European um, sellers of, of, of fabric, but you've got to spend £135. Otherwise, they won't ship it to you because of Brexit. Um, but I, I tend to buy now rolls of fabric straight from the, the mills that make it um, or through, you know, like first line distributors. Um, but if, if contact left don't have it, hit Dave up. He's the guy that runs it. He might be able to source it for you or ask another stitcher. Like, I've got rolls of fabric. So if you need something, chances are I can sell you an offcut or one of the other guys. There's, there's, there's honestly tens, 20. Well, I, I know at least 30 odd other stitchers in the UK that will help. There you go. Uh, sorry, there's a whole load of comments and then there's loads of questions as well. So just trying to filter through. Ryan says, uh, question, everyone does slightly different Bergen mods. Do you have any pics of what Bergens you have done before? Very few. Um, Bergen mods is something that I tend to not really take photos of because they're all the same, which kind of contradicts what, what Ryan said here. Um, it's tricky. Um, I can get photos for people. I can I can ask people to send photos back in if you want stuff. But they're generally like a water bottle pouch is a water bottle pouch. A poncho pouch is a poncho pouch. Mesh mm -hmm. sides is mesh sides. Um, I tend to do very similar to the JJ style of Bergen padding. So the back back padding and shoulder straps, very similar. It's like space and mesh with foam and fabric backing. They're not quite as rigid as someone like Dixie's because um, they put like a hard stiffener in, but I've found and from feedback that that stiffener can dig into your shoulders. So mine are like nice and big and thick and padded in the hopes that they don't dig in as much. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, going back to the um, rescue equipment, Adventures of Zulu says, I have a NATO stretcher that I'd like modded and some rope bags. Yeah, it's up. So, cool. Uh, um, do you mod cot beds by oh, any chance? <laughs> <laughs> if, if it's making Lance's one slightly smaller, then yeah, I, can do that. I don't want it any smaller. No, no, no. I need, no, I need about what, a foot more material on the end to get the bastard pole in. <laughs> what he needs is can you can you put in some straps so that he can undo them and then have to tighten them up afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, these invisible these invisible adjustment straps that aren't on it that, that were on it apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all I would say is if you're sending stuff in for mods, make sure you can strip it down. I don't want you shipping me a whole bloody cot bed. It's not coming to you, mate. Don't worry. This is... It's in the bin. It's on fire. Fucking, fucking set fire to the fucking thing. <laughs> when people send Bergen for moddings, I ask them to take the, the metal spines out of the frame because it just adds shipping size and weight. Like You can mm. fold a Bergen up such that it's a raw mail small parcel. Oh. And I, I've got preferential rates with raw mail, so it costs me like four quid to ship Bergen. Lovely. 
Philip Dunn, he's from Australia. Good day. Do you? Uh, I was going to read it in an Australian accent. Then I'm not going to do that. Oh, do you have? Oh, can you source? That's disappointing. Do you have? No, I can't even do it. Do you have? Can you source <laughs> TPDU Ozcam material? Probably. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> I, I've I've never explicitly looked. Um, I see other people that have used it. I can almost certainly find some. I don't know how easy it is though. Um, if it's the new like multicam TM uh, coloured. Uh, Oscam, then it's probably going to be harder to find. Um, but you like your traditional woodland one and your desert one, probably a bit easier. Cool. This is a cheeky one from Kenny Rebel. He says, "Is there a nofo code for mission tailors?" Oh, that's awkward. When when the website yeah, that was yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I could have done with that four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you've got my word. As soon as the website is up, I, I can't really offer discounts on custom gear because I charge you for the time and mm-hmm. time is worth mm-hmm. what time is worth. But for production kit, yeah, well, once 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 the website's up, although it's been in development for two years, uh, there will be a code. Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll Thank you very out. much, sir. Very kind of you. Not that I uh, put you on the spot at all for that. <laughs> no, sorry. I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. I was just reading the questions out. <laughs> reading the questions. Just reading the questions. Reading the questions. Kenny, I'll give you the 20, <laughs> 20 quid later. Um, <laughs> right. Let's, um, let's play another round of quick fire. Will you make a pouch for this uh, or, a, or a product for this? Um, Jungle's Airsoft blog, an MTP Mankini. Nope. Well, Kajura, quah. Oh, yeah, chafing. Oh. <laughs> He's like, um, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Terry has Perhaps. suggested a. Sorry, gone. Terry has suggested a, a, a collab with Kydex for it to create the Kydex Multicam Cock Protector. Okay. Well, I don't know if that's like it, a condom or. Is that, it's like a like sheet a, or or <laughs> a more <laughs> ballistic nappy thing. Ballistic nappy. Probably Monsters. not. Um, Ed says would you make a pouch for an SMG that dangles he also says he's not saying it's a good idea he just felt forced to make the suggestion by Mike (laughs) by Mike you've got to add that bit (laughs) by Mike (laughs) pouch for an SMG that dangles Dangles. so does the SMG dangle or does the pouch dangle once the SMG I guess think about it along the lines of maybe maybe he's got it on a, um, a sling uh, maybe it's just like a pouch for the SMG to go in, almost like a cover. Uh, I'm, like I'm a guessing. Rifle slip. Something like a rifle slip. Yeah. Probably, but an SMG is pretty big. So, practical practicality-wise, probably wouldn't do it. Bloody snipers and their okay. nonsense they come out with. <laughs> <laughs> um... There was also a comment Ed made about the the Jaffa cake thing. He said you wouldn't have to pay taxes on it as it's a, technically a cake pouch, not a biscuit pouch. So uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good. Um, <laughs> Sam Rich, serious question. Uh, is grade two surplus equipment worth getting with the consideration to repair or is it just better to go with new slash light use? So obviously grade two uh, is kind of not battered, but it's it's got some signs of wear and tear. Mm. You obviously get grade one, super grade and new i think they're the mm. yeah, yeah. so categories only. gradings are very subjective it depends what's wrong if it's a dpm bergen and it's just brown throw it away 
<laughs> if it's things like buckles or replacing webbing straps and stuff like that, then yeah, I, I'd do it because I'm all for keeping kit going as long as it'll last. Um, but as, as, as we kind of mentioned earlier with that, the Bergen, like the materials do start to degrade, the water repellent nature of the materials starts to disappear. Um, so it, it would depend what it is. If it's just buckles and clips and bits of webbing, yeah, absolutely. Would you on that subject, Jacob? Then would you say it's it's good practice to regularly treat uh, like Bergens with a, a water repellent uh, spray or, or some sort of solution? Or do you have? Is it... I I would do. I wouldn't do it as preventative maintenance. I would do it as, oh shit, my kit's getting wet. Right. <laughs> um, just because the chances are, whatever treatment you're putting on it, it's not going to be the same treatment that's already on there. So it might not like gel with it nicely. Okay. Um, but for if if you want something to be a hundred percent waterproof, obviously you can't really get a hundred percent waterproof. So put it in a dry bag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I genuinely thought you were going to start suggesting like PVA glue it or something like that. Like <laughs> yeah. just yeah. just but, paint it. In... <laughs> so one thing that is quite good that I, I use quite a lot, and it's um tent seam sealant, and it, it's like a little bottle with that. a brush on it. And it's really good for dabbing on like the, the seams of stuff. Obviously, when you when you sew through something, the the um, needle creates a hole, and a hole is not waterproof by definition. Um, but I only really use that on stuff that is like like a Bergen cover or stuff like that. Like generally, your pouches will be waterproof enough. Um, but that stuff's really good for just touching up. If you mm, like, mm. if you see. Like with the burger earlier, if, if there's just one patch that's starting to flake off, just stick some of that on, just on that patch, and see how it goes. Yeah, I use that on my zip I added to my bivy bag where I'd stitch the zip on. I use it along the seam of that, give it a good coating. Yep. So, hopefully, fingers crossed that and does yeah, its job. Hmm. Have you ever waxed any kit, Jacob? No, no, it, it, it's uh, something that I would look into doing um mostly for like you know like field craft type stuff like wax mm. canvas looks really fun to work with yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but no i've not not waxed anything okay interesting uh, last few questions and comments Stephen whitehead says you're not a man unless you've nicked a storage strap from a chair force hercules and then worked it into your webbing kit that's oh, the roller buckle. <laughs> yeah. Um, Take says, "Do you do? Uh, do you wholesale your products, or are you waiting until you get some minions to help you?" I do wholesale products. Um, it would be a lot easier once I've got minions. Um, but no, as, as Mike pulled the uh, photo up earlier, I do wholesale stuff for Sterling Airsoft. Uh, no, not well, Sterling timepieces. Uh, completely different company. Uh, and I do other wholesale stuff for other companies. Yeah. And I also make like OEM stuff. So they've got a product and I will make batches of that for them because they don't have time to make it. Stuff like that. So, yeah, if, if uh, take if you need some stuff, hit me up. Hmm, cool. Yeah. Lots out of that. It says, if I want to make my own knee pads, what material should I use? I have the pockets for them, but the ones I've tried keep twisting around the knee. I'm assuming internal knee pads, um, so not like the cry insert ones. 
um, foam. Uh, you can any, any sort of closed cell foam. Um, yeah. If it's like an external <laughs> knee pad, um, again, closed cell foam, and you could probably coat it with, like, put a, a thousand D Cordura fabric over it. It's got pretty good abrasion resistance, but it will, like, if you're John Wick's knee sliding through whatever, you, you're gonna, you're gonna tear it up pretty quick. Like, nothing is completely abrasion resistant. Mm -hmm. Cool. Uh, last question. Kenny says, I'm carrying an MP7 on a bungee shoulder rig, and I'm trying to make something to stow it when using a pistol, like a Velcro holder on a belt. Would you, you know, is that something that you could make? Um, probably. <laughs> probably. Um, one thing, I mean, I don't know what, um, if it's just temporary storage, I have recently made a few magnetic uh, panels. So a little molly panel that's like yay big with a big fucking magnet in it. And it was for some guys uh, serving guys for their shotguns. So they would have oh. their shotgun you know, breach through a door or whatever and then you can just like magnet it to your side and then pick your rifle oh. up and crack on. So if it's for temporary storage, like a, a magnetic holder would probably be your best bet or something like that because the, the, my concern would be it kicking around too much and if you're putting it in a bag it's going to get bigger mm. yeah that's a good shirt with a magnet mm. that's similar to your one for your um, sledgehammer yeah. Mike isn't it you've not used it I, I use yeah. it I use it to hold the camo net up <laughs> <laughs> Oh <laughs> fucking hell! It's that thing there that's holding that on there. It's just, it works perfectly against that. I've just not used it for anything else. It's a really good magnet. <laughs> but thank you. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, right, there was a few questions that came in, or not really questions, but just comments. I'm just going to cover off just before we end the show. Uh, Rich mm -hmm. Nelson said, "How was your NAF? Didn't see you guys to say hi to you. Uh, we're going to be doing an NAF debrief." Next week, we're going to be having Silly Gilly on the show as well because he was at NAF. So we're going to be having Being a silly a, as ever. A debrief yeah. on NAF, NAE, as well as a bit of a general Q&A on Airsoft Milson sniping, all that sort of stuff. So it uh, should be an interesting one to come and watch. So that'll be Wednesday at 8 o'clock next week. Uh, 8 o'clock, 7.40. Yeah. <laughs> James Hamilton says, is the Keeler just a waterproof layer or does it have a thermal padded layer? It's just the waterproof layer. Um, so it's got... Two layers of, um, I'll say that. Uh, no, yeah, it's just the waterproof layer. I think the um, the the arms have a bit of a padding on there, um, but it's not not really a padded product. So, um, if anyone, yeah, sixties power shoulders. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually, funnily enough, um, just before the show, queued up another one because I might buy another one um, because <laughs> staff have one in my kit and one in my car. Uh, no, not for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan says, "What is it with engineers and sewing, a Lance?" Love a bit of sewing, mate. It's good fun. I actually, I, I forgot to mention, I actually upcycled the the original pouch that comes on the front of the Bergen, and I put it on the lid of my Bergen. I've got a little stow pouch oh. now, rather than it going to waste. I reused it because I am saving the planet one stitch at a time. 
Sam Rich would like a workshop tour at some point, so that might be something, Jacob, that you could do yeah. on your Instagram as your next post. Just That'd be a, cool. Yeah. A day in the life. <laughs> workshop live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I did. I did. I'd genuinely be interested to see the process of a pouch from sort of like mm. design to finished product. That would actually be a really cool thing to see if you could do that. Yeah, there's a guy in the states. I can't remember his name or what his company is, but he he like live streams himself just building stuff. But he has a lot of shit to chat about, and my life's pretty boring. Um, so I, I always talk oh, about the idea of doing like a, oh. a live stream of just you know talking bollocks and stitching stuff together. But I'll be well, we've that. done it for an hour and forty-four minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> you can always yeah. um, you can always just take some clips and then stitch them together. Weird. Oh, boom boom. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Double funsy. Yeah, a workshop yeah. for it is 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 on the cards. Once uh, once it's a bit tidier, because as as I explained to the, the guys uh, before the show started, everything's within arm's reach of me right now. So I've got a sewing machine there, and all my all my stuff, bags of buckles and, and, and rolls of velcro, it's all in arm's reach. So it's, as I said, uh, I have moved recently, ish, nearly a year now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> once, yet to unpack <laughs> yeah um yeah workshop tour absolutely cool sounds cool uh jungle's airsoft blog has already added a jack h2 to the shopping list yeah please know really good machine they're bloody cheap for what they are so i think i paid like 600 quid for mine bloody cheap and it'll go as i said it'll oh, go I might go under the needle okay. Anything that goes under the needle, it'll go through, including your fingers. So be careful. Oh, terrifying! Uh, and is that a machine James that's got a needle C- underneath as well? It's ju- 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 like for both sides. So it's like yeah. dual threaded, and it goes. Yeah, that's fucking yeah. terrifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go straight through your finger. James C says, "Just uh, I love my little Singer 28K. Want to get one of those patcher sewing machines in the future?" Yeah. So, what I would recommend. Is all those old singers are bloody brilliant. I wish rather than buying that cheap shit of plastic thing I bought there, I bought one of the old singers because they will they will go through anything and they it's a hundred year old kit as long as they've been looked after will will work fine. And the the twenty eight k is pretty good and I, they must be cheap because there was a high street shop a few years ago where you'd go. I think it was like. Urban Outfitters or something, and they always had loads of old sewing machines in the front windows. So you must be able to pick them up pretty cheap. Oh yes, I've seen, that. I've seen, I've seen that in a bar as well, like hundreds and hundreds of sewing machines, just for decorative yeah. purposes. I'll see if I'm gonna swipe one next time. I mean, I don't think they're bolted down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that we can some, condone that. <laughs> some posh Weber spoons in London somewhere. I'm sure I saw a big wall of, of, of uh, sewing machines. Uh, Ryan James says, Jacob, you need to tell Virtus to use standard Molly sizing. Yeah, or tell the MOD not to buy from source. <laughs> tell the MOD not yeah. the asses. <laughs> um, and a little shout out to Jamu, yo boys, watching while building my new kit room. So I hope that's going well, bud. Oh yeah, pictures of that, please. Yeah, definitely. Not going to show. Uh, and then, the last question was from Pegasus. This rip-off radio pouch is it Velcro, and how much? Yeah. <laughs> Look at his face. He's like, I'm not oh, saying it works. I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is Velcro. 
and it is <laughs> yeah. it is money. It costs. It things. is money. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, in all seriousness, no. Uh, somewhere off the top of my head, somewhere between fifty quid and a hundred pounds, depending on how many panels you want, how many radios you want to stuff in it. Yeah, it I don't think my wife's it. listening Just now, so that's fine. <laughs> no, I, 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 if I'm honest, Lance, is prob- what I charged you would, would have been nowhere near that. Nowhere near that. I, I, uh, I undersold myself back in the day. I think Lance won it in a raffle. So yes, it was completely. That's what, that's what I told um, my missus. I won this. Look, yeah. I won. I won. <laughs> Isn't it great? No, I love it, mate. I do genuinely love it. Thank you very much. It's got access points in the side, so if, in case you didn't know, there's little points in there to run your cables through, and obviously you can ret- if you've got a lot of longer cords, you can use the elasticator on the side, so you can like bunch it all together and stick it in there. Because I always move my comms from kit to kit, so I don't have it all woven through my plate carrier. I have it in there with a fucking loom of cable coming up with an antenna and a, and a press or whatever, and then just go bosh onto my kit or onto there or onto my chest rig or onto my bag. And that's it. It's just nice and easy. That's what I do. I love it. Cool. <laughs> if you want to get in touch with Jacob, Jacob, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, good luck. I'm rubbish at replying. Basically that. Instagram's the best. So at, at Mission Taylor's uh, at Mission Taylors on Instagram. Don't try and contact me on Facebook. Facebook Messenger, Business Suite, oh, whatever they call it these days, is rubbish. Uh, so Instagram. Cool. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can also do that on our email at nofochat.hotmail.com. Our Instagram is at November underscore Foxtrot underscore nofo, and the website is novemberfoxtrot.co.uk. If you have any questions for Jacob and for some reason you can't find him on Instagram, give us a hit up. We can always pass those along to him. Um, you can also get he in touch with us. He won't answer us either. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can also get in touch with us on our own individual Instagrams, which are just below our names at 9Volt Airsoft, at Callsign underscore Quartermaster, and at the underscore Punished underscore one underscore. Next week, we're going to be talking about the National Airsoft Festival with Silly Gilly, so please feel free to join us for that. It should be a good one. Uh, Jacob, thanks ever so much for coming on. It's a real pleasure. And yep, I must say, nice and insight, I ended the so. last episode. I ended the last episode thinking that you'd been on the show before. Um, so apologies for anyone that uh, got confused by that. I had a proper brain fart for an hour because I was adamant yeah. that we'd spoken before. Uh, I've literally got a have, picture it's been, of it's been, you it's been very with your mind broken. I had to explain to him, no, Mike, that was a video call. We did a video <laughs> call with Jacob. <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. That's right, not wrong at all. Brilliant. Lovely. It was brilliant. Um, well, mate. We normally do some closing words. Um and I wondered if you might have any closing words for us for, for the audience. Whoa. Not to put you okay. on the spot. Like deep philosophical ones or just It can be whatever you want. More than I, I did one I, I did one once talking about poo, so Okay, well that- if you're gonna make gear, <laughs> and if you you want to dabble in gear, only use YKK zipper. Yes. There you go. There we go. YKK Wise zippers words. are the best. Yep. Yeah. Well, I hope everyone. I'll tell you what, actually, show. we should 
we should collect all these closing statements into a little. We could do like a little book of the closing statements. So twenty twenty three or whatever. What we got? Nice. Yeah, on the calendar. Or not. <laughs> or not. <laughs> that's probably the first one that's actually been like genuinely helpful to anybody. Oh no, I think, <laughs> I think Tag did a helpful one, didn't he? What did he say? It seems to be the guests that give more. <laughs> yeah, because we're reasonable crap. answers. Yeah, we're, we're, we're the facilitators. <laughs> right thanks everyone so much for joining us uh we'll be back next week in the meantime stay no foe yep. stay, stay no foe ciao bella say bye guys oh hit the <laughs> like guys button if you like the show oh yeah like all them like we'll do all those things leave reviews mike can read them out we need to... the accent yeah it's quite annoyed now that no one's doing it they're not listening to us. Uh, I haven't checked, to be fair, recently, so oh. I will check before next week. <laughs> right, okay. Might have a barrage of reviews to read out. Might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fine. Right, we'll see you all next <laughs> week. Right. See you later. Cheers, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.